Happy Pride, y'all! This episode is super long, so I won't blather. I just want to say that police brutality is still the name of the game, just like it was back at the Stonewall. Every single bit of social progress we've made in this country has a combination of peaceful and violent protests to thank for it. We all need to do our parts to keep up the fight. Ain't nobody free till we all are. Rock on. schedule we've barely been able to talk so oh my god i know well at least i'm not sleeping 18 hours a day now but i'm you know i'm working again now so i you know i don't have a lot of time well poo but yeah it's kind of necessary (laughs) stupid stupid grown-up real life really fucking sucks (laughs) yeah but i've been going through this crazy thing i've been sleeping a lot because i've basically been living off of prescription ibuprofen because thank god i still have some i have to have a tooth pulled out oh no and back molar i knew it was happening because the filling had cracked and i was warned months ago oh no and it is like such serious pain but i just don't have time to deal with it until thursday oh my god bottom jaw top jaw bottom okay so if it, it was, like, if it was top, it would be like giving you a headache and shit. So I guess that's good. Yeah, but it's going yeah. into the ear and everything. And it's like, there's, <sighs> I have to take the prescription ibuprofen like every six hours on the dot, which is the maximum you can take because it's 800 yes. milligram pills. Right. But yeah. I have to or I can't survive the pain. I've never experienced anything like it. But I just, I can't deal with it till Thursday. So it just has to wait. <laughs> Can you are you can you take Tylenol? Do you have any problems with Tylenol? No, uh, can you combine? You can actually Advil and Tylenol combine really well. But before I started getting real migraine medicine, I used to take four Advil, so it's eight hundred milligrams yeah. of Advil, and two Tylenol at a time. Oh, and I may to have to do migraine. it because last night I woke up and it's like I seriously thought I was going to have to go to the emergency room. When you go to when you go to bed, are you like setting an alarm to wake up in the middle of the night to take more pills? No, because I've been kind of trying to not have to do that, but I usually wake. But you don't up. want to wake up in pain. You'd rather yeah. take the pills before you hurt. Anyway. But last night, oh my god, I woke up and I thought I was going to die, and then so I took one because it had been seven hours. Then I went back to sleep, and now I'm fine. Well, that's good. But god. I sure as hell did take one at the six hour mark. Oh, fuck yeah. So, yeah, I get to have a nut. And I know they're going to want to do a root canal and save the tooth and blah, 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 ah, blah. Fuck, fuck it. That. Fuck it. I can pay it. a couple thousand dollars for a root canal or like $300 and have the damn thing pulled. I'm just going to have it pulled. <laughs> I love losing teeth on the bottom because my teeth have been so crowded my whole life that they just relax Yeah, now. and this is the third time 
this is flared up, and it's fuck it. It's it's good. It's good. I'm getting rid <laughs> of it. We're such old people talking about our maladies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's all that's going go with that, and just like. <laughs> My mom is so obsessed with the news. All she talks about is the protests and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, and how terrible it is and something needs to be done. And I understand the plight of the blacks, but enough is enough. And everybody just needs to stay home. And she just doesn't get it, you know. Yeah. But I also think that it scares her, really. Oh, that's what that's what I was thinking. I think it probably is just freaking her out. What's weird is, like, my dad, um, once fucking the toddler-in-chief started, like, talking about how he was going to, you know, start, you know, sending in the National Guard and shit, my dad immediately started just getting fucking pissed off. Because, um, okay, so... It's hard to explain my my dad's weird army career, but when we were living in Kansas, he was like the National Guard guy. Like, he was like one of the top... He would have been like, if the National Guard had to be deployed, my dad would have been the one to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, at that stage of his career. That was like when he was... When he first became a colonel. And then it's like... And that just basically gave him all the, okay, I'm done with this shit. And so... One more assignment, he got to be a college professor for a couple years, and then he retired. But, you know, he doesn't take send in the National Guard lightly, because he knows what that fucking means. And he knows who these these people are. He knows who the National Guard is. Like, he doesn't, you know, and he's, oh my god, you, I, I I, I think I told you, I think I called you to tell you about how when Trump did that fucking, the famous Bible-holding photo op. Oh, God. When he did his, like, march from the White House with all of his minions, and one of the guys walking with him was the chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't notice, but my dad, of course, immediately noticed, that he was wearing his battle uniform. He wasn't wearing his dress uniform. And... Well, I'll just I'll just say this. It's, a, it's another part of the God, your dad's career was weird. So when I was little, like, you know, a toddler, my dad, he worked at the Pentagon for a while. And he he worked directly with, like, the Joint Chiefs of Staff and, and the, you know, like the Secretary of Defense and things like that in the job that he had there. So he, you know, back in the day, like, people he used to work with at the Pentagon became big shots like he didn't become a big shot but he knew all the big shots because he remembered when they were down where he was you know and so he has very you know he has a very strong opinion about what what you have to be what kind of a fucking badass do you have to be to be the secretary of the army the secretary of the navy or the chair of the joint chiefs like he knows the level of amazing badass you have to be to have that kind of job. So the first thing he thought when not only, and of course the guy has now admitted he should never have been there. It's like, well, yeah, no yeah, shit. Yeah, he's apologizing But what my now. dad said at the time was not only should he have not been there, but if you're, okay, fine, if you're going to go for a walk, put on your fucking dress uniform because he's like, you know when he got dressed that morning, he put on his dress uniform because that's what you wear to the office. And you know they told him to change into his fucking camouflage. Oh, yeah. To, like, send a message. And my dad 
said he should have told him to go fuck himself. That's what my dad said. Good, yeah. The chair of the Joint Chief should have said to Trump. And it's like that right there for anyone who, who doesn't know a lot about the military. An order is an order unless it's bullshit. And you're not supposed to yeah. be like an automaton who just, you know, you're not a robot. You're still a person. And you can tell your superior officer to go fuck himself if he's being an asshole. And God damn it, it made my dad so furious that someone at that level didn't have the balls to tell a draft dodger, you know, private bone spurs over here, to go fuck himself. And it's like, I, that made me really happy. But it still pissed me, you know, it's like my dad is sitting there watching the news yeah. and just being furious all the time. Whereas your mom's watching the news and being scared. <laughs> yeah, but I love it how, like, the, the mayor of Seattle, like, told him to shut up and go back to his bunker. <laughs> it's really getting kind of interesting. I'm, I'm, little things like that are starting to make me more hopeful that, oh my God, things are really things are really going to change. I mean, we can't let up. We have to keep going. We have to yeah. keep going until things actually change. But I'm, I think this is going to do it. And I don't want to, you know, jinx it by being too optimistic. But God damn it. It really feels like this is going to be the time. I hope so. God damn it. If this does, if this doesn't do it, nothing will. I hope will. so. And it's, it's fucking amazing. And I'm so... I, you know, I'm sitting at home recovering from surgery. I couldn't go out there if I wanted to. I don't have the strength to march, even if I, even no matter how much I might want to. But you know what? I have some pocket money that I can send to anyone. I can yell at people on Facebook and tell them to not be so fucking racist and to turn, to help them understand how fucking wrong they are when they say, well, what yeah. do they just do what the cops say? Fuck off. You know, it's like, oh, that's not what we're talking about. Anyway, God damn it. But happy pride, though. <laughs> oh, I know, but I, I'm going I'm going to a protest tomorrow. That's with so Sarah. exciting. Oh, my God. Well, it's organized. You know, there's going to be speakers at City right. Hall. And then everybody's going to march down all through downtown, all down First Street and end up at the police station. Oh, my God. Station. Do you have a special mask for the event? No, but I have a that black one, good. which is... Yeah, I just bought a bag of black cloth ones from work, and I'll just yeah, wear that, you yeah, know. Oh, my God. But, because um, that's the closest I'm going to get to a parade this year. So yeah. <laughs> it's, well, yeah, it, there's right? no, no, no parades, no splash day, which is a Texas thing. I don't know if other states do, do yeah. splash, but it's like a thing where everyone goes out to the lake and gets naked. But it's weird to have the san francisco pride canceled because that's like you know five hundred thousand people oh my God. <laughs> it's really weird can you imagine like between san francisco and greenwich village like i can't even imagine how you know people are gonna people are gonna find a way to do what they can do yeah, yeah. but the parade just cannot happen but the thing is if they figure, you know, if they go out into the street at all, it's going to be a demonstration. It's not going to be a parade. Yeah. So I I almost hope someone figures out a way to do something. But honestly, this year's Pride, I mean, you know, for months, everyone's just been, oh, Pride is canceled. And it's like, no, Pride isn't canceled. Pride is not just going to a fucking parade. And I think people are starting to remember, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, because the, the parade and the party are canceled. Yeah. But, you know, it's 
it's a month for a reason. It's yeah. a, you know, it's a whole month because there's there's shit that needs to be done and there's shit that everybody can do alone, you know. It's not it's not about going and getting drunk at the lake. It's, you know, that's nice, but you could do that anytime. But that's what <laughs> that's it's been for a long time. Oh, know? I know. But... but I think I think it's I think it's because well, you know, it's like it's you can't, you know, you can't really say because things are so great because we literally in the last in the last couple of days we've had Trump just you know rip insurance medical care away from trans people and it's just like oh fuck, god damn it you're so fucking blatant it's like yeah. he's not he doesn't even have the mental acuity to be sly it's like everything he does is so fucking blatant and obvious and yet there are people who still refuse to see it. But that's that's my quest. That's what I do every day. It's like oh, if I can turn I one person, you know. But I, I saw this uh, somewhere on Facebook, and I should have sent it to you because you would have got you would have liked it, especially with the conversations we've been having lately <laughs> in preparation <laughs> to record this episode. But yeah. then, did you? There was a meme that I saw that somebody had posted, and it was you know, something with, you know, some rainbow thing and Stonewall and blah, 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 blah. And it said, you know, something to the effect of never forget that Stonewall was not about pride, but it was about police brutality. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's literally what it was. It was, it was a series. And and, I mean, it wasn't even one thing. It was, it was an event that caused people to go, and we're going to go back there again tomorrow. We're going to kick some more It was like, it was like George Floyd. It was yeah. like, it, that's it was, just one of so many incidents. Last straw, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you back now. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, the cops both busted ahead at Stonewall once. It was like over and over all across the country. Absolutely. And that was the tipping point, you know, and this, that was, and yeah. And I have, I have a lot to say about Stonewall because that's been my, that's been my topic that I was yeah. getting ready for, for this episode. So, so let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, before, you know, before I go into, I'm, I'm going to go into some details about Stonewall because honestly, it's all out there to be read, and oh, I'm yeah. strongly encouraging people to go look shit up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then that means you need to go read some shit. And I bet people don't. Even if all you do is look at Wikipedia, that will tell you a lot. Oh, yeah. First, what I want to do is I want to kind of set the scene of what the world was that we're talking about. Most people walking around now, you know, especially the young people... Yes, yes, you have it hard to some extent, and yes, but there was a time when being you, you young queer person, was illegal. Mm-hmm. Like, it was literally illegal to be yourself. And one thing that, you know, if you think about people that you know, you know, queer men and women of, of whatever stripe that you know, there are people who, you know, could pass could blend and then there are people who cannot like they can't hide their light under a bushel they cannot they flame so bright that 
it's not an act. There are, there are personality types and physical types and things that cannot be hidden. Yeah, and amen to those people. Fuck yes! <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, back you know back then, you, you had fucking Liberace. And you had people like Paul Lind and stuff. And they were fucking flaming, but because of the way the world was... The world had to insist they were confirmed bachelors and they just hadn't found the right woman or that they had the right woman (laughs) and they were married to her. And the thing was, like, people, like, deep down kind of knew, but really everyone kind of collectively agreed to pretend that they thought those people were straight. Well, yeah, and please, oh, my God. (laughs) And, And it's so funny to think now, but it's, like, it's incredible. And you even, you know, you have women like... Marlena Dietrich or Catherine Hepburn. I mean, Catherine Hepburn never wore a dress in her life that I'm aware of, you know? Maybe as a character in a movie, but like in her real life, I don't think she ever took pants off. Like she, there were people who just, ah, uh, it's, and it's funny because there, there are probably people right now that I, you know, I say Catherine Hepburn and they're like, well, you know, she, she was a little, you know, powerful and maybe a little quote mannish with her pants and whatever or you know walking around in trousers like she thinks she's a guy but there might be people right now who are going oh it never occurred to me that Catherine Hepburn might have been a lesbian because they didn't because they spent so many years believing what they were told oh totally Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy like those were not two beards taking (laughs) care of each other for fuck's sake think about it but, you know, you had, you know, as a society, people had to believe they were straight because to believe anything otherwise was to believe they were like these horrible, disgusting deviants. You know, you have to like mentally put yourself there that that's the world that we're talking about. Yeah. When we talk yeah. about when we're talking about Stonewall, we're not talking about anything resembling what we have now. You know, and so you and if you like, especially like in Hollywood, you know, like if you, you know, if you were wanted to get your dick sucked, you couldn't just pick up some guy that you didn't know and that your friends didn't know because you have to trust that they're not going to blackmail you, you know, that they're not going to go talk to some magazine. Yeah. And and that was big business for the mafia, too. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. that's actually something that I'm. That's actually something I'm going to get into. That I, yeah, I have. That was big mafia business. Was blackmailing the queers. There's there's blackmailing the queers, but the mafia, beautifully, because they were all about making money, they played both sides. Yeah, because the mafia sure not did. only blackmailed the queers, but they also owned most of the gay bars. Yeah, and they would which, protect the bars from the that, cops. Oh my god. So, so yeah, so, you know, we're going to get into that. So, like, when, so, and, you know, the whole thing about it being illegal, I'm not talking about I'm going to write you a ticket because I caught you holding hands with a no, dude. No, it's like the cops would go every night and beat everybody up and then arrest them. Right. It's like going to a bar just to go hang out with your friends and then all of a sudden cops are coming in and beating the fuck out of people and lining people up against the wall if someone looked like they might be wearing the clothes of the opposite gender the cops had every right to grope them 
to be like, I'm going to feel around and make sure you have the yeah. right equipment under this skirt. And you then they beat him up and then they put him in jail with men on purpose. Right. And they would frequently, you know, there was a really good chance you were going to get your name in the paper. And that's the way your family was going to find out you were gay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, you literally were living a life where you could not be you. Every day you left your house, there was a possibility something terrible was going to happen, you know, and gee, who, who has that problem these days? But you like, but you but in this case, it's something that's like this big secret and you find, you have the courage to go do something queer, like go dance with a boy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just happen to, I mean, you know, you could have, it could have been the first time you've ever gone anywhere and that, and that night the cops show up. And it's like, like, maybe you're never going to go out again. You're never going to go hang out with those people ever again because you're so fucking scared. Oh, yeah. And and you see, in a lot of places, it had to be secret bars and there were secret knocks and you had to go up the stairs or down the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and so uh, let me get let me get into like the the mafia aspect of the Stonewall. So because the Stonewall was one of many mafia owned. Yeah. And I remember reading that. You know, the cops would be like, okay, well, you know, we got to go arrest some of these faggots. So what's a good night for us to go? Right. You know, to them, they would say, okay, well, don't do too many, you know, don't do too much damage. But how about Friday night? And then leave us the fuck alone for a couple weeks. Right. The cops were happy to (laughs) accept their bribes. But, you know, I got to go beat some faggot ass every once in a while, you know, because I've, you know, I'm just so angry and pent up. I got to go kick some queer ass so like you have like all these all these bars in greenwich village back then and it was like the genovese family who basically ran greenwich village and they would they would take little bars and restaurants that just weren't doing very well and they would turn them into like you like you were almost guaranteed to make money because it was the only game in town right and so you would you would they would get converted into private clubs and the reason why it was private was because if you were if you were a private club you didn't have a liquor license and if you don't have a liquor license then the city or the state isn't coming in to check to make sure everything's on the up and up all the time if you're if you're a private club you can kind of keep your business to yourself you have a little more control and you and you could base it because it's basically this is my place and I'm having a party and if you're not invited you can't come in so random people aren't just showing up and it was it was made to look like this totally acceptable no nothing weird is going on in here thing and you know except it's, that it's all drag queens <laughs> of course but like one of the things though if you think about it now have you when you went to New York, did you go to Stonewall? Because I yeah, went. yeah, and it's like it is a teeny little place. It's like nothing. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. But what's weird is that like it has been, it's it's so much. I'm just gonna say nicer now than it would have been back then. Because if you are an unregulated bar, basically, because you because you're a private club and you have no liquor license, you're also not complying to any fucking codes. So there's a really good chance that, 
you're, it's disgusting and your plumbing is really sketchy and there probably isn't a back door. There's like, there's no fire escape. Oh yeah. I bet you know it was fabulous. Well, you know, it was you know. dark. It probably really <laughs> smelled bad. It smelled like protein. It was just, you know, but if it's the only place you have to go, it's the it's the place you want to be, no matter how disgusting it is, and you just put up with it. So anyway, so like the mob, but back back to the mob thing. So like I mentioned, like the the mob would bribe cops, you know, say once a month or whatever to stay the hell away because. The cops know which bar the gay bar. Oh, they know. Yeah. It's not like I was just walking down the street and I saw something, so I had probable cause. It's no, they fucking know. And they know and they're leaving you alone until they suddenly don't. It's yeah, like yeah. it's your turn, whatever bar you are, it's your turn for the cops to be like, Well, I know that there's queers in there queering it up. So the, I, on this particular night, because I made a deal or whatever with the owner, I don't think, well, I guess, I guess it's not so much the people actually physically running the bar. It's more the, the mob. It's, I'm going to ask whatever guy from the Genovese family, what night can I go hit that spot? Because the people inside there, they wouldn't have, they would have said, okay, the cops are coming tonight. Maybe you all should leave. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, but, it's no, not like there's... Tell, yeah, the cops would have arranged. Right. It's not like the bartender the yeah. knew the yeah. cops were coming. I want to make that very clear. That it's not like there was some guy ratting everybody out. It was yeah. some mob ass. No, but I it. think it was different in San Francisco that the pigs there could just go whenever the fuck they wanted. Yeah, because I don't Cause think they had the mob as, it control. It was violent there, too, with the cops. And people seem oh, to yeah. think, oh, San Francisco's always been this. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Hell no. It's a port town, for God's sake. It is a... San Francisco is could be a very rough place. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so, pigs are pigs. All it takes is, you know, a bunch of your standard fag-bashing assholes who they, they want to, you know, feel bad like big manly men that night and boom now a bar is getting raided and you know this time so what what ends up happening at stonewall on this particular night eight cops show up now some of them are in their uniforms some of them are plain clothes like undercover some of them are like detectives or whatever but basically the doors get thrown open and it's uh, reportedly what they yell is, police, we're taking the place. And th- this basically the only door and the police are standing at it. You can't get out. There ain't no way to get out. And so you've got people in there, you know, you've got all these people desperate to not be arrested and, and or outed. You've got homeless people who live in the park across the street who are the only people who actually give a shit about them are the people in the bars in the, yeah. to pro- who protect them. You've got all these people who that particular night, you know, they all probably had gone through this at least once before. They knew the drill. They knew what was about to happen to them. And that night, it was fucking enough. They were yeah. done with this shit. And it's not just... You gotta, it's not just the people inside the bar, it's the people in the neighborhood. Like, as soon as you hear the noise, everyone's coming outside, and it's like, holy shit, they're raiding the stone wall. Mm-hmm. And people are coming from all over. And 
so people so as people are getting hauled out of the bar there's already people in the street who are like no fuck you and you know these people who have just been treated like shit forever you know their very existence and identity is like an abomination and they're just the dirt under the cop's feet but they were fucking done last straw i'm i'm gonna kick your cop ass and people start throwing shit um there's a lot of mixed reports about who's throwing what but one thing that is in a lot of reports is that someone pulled a parking meter out of the ground and used it like a battering ram and hit things with it now how fucking big and strong do you have to be (laughs) even if it's a group of people if if we wanted if a bunch of us got together and we wanted to pull a parking meter out of the ground i guarantee you we could not do that i mean you had to be big and strong and adrenaline like crazy (laughs) and you know these cops that night they thought they were just going to go in there and mess with some little pansy asses who were going to cower and plead for their lives. But these were a bunch of strong motherfuckers who were going to fight for their fucking lives. Nobody knows who's walking inside. Those masculine women and feminine men. You know, this would be a good point to make a distinction between fighting and fighting back, you know, kind of to bring it all in with, you know, what people are seeing right now. This is not people going out attacking. This is people fighting for their fucking lives. And, you know, a person, if you're some guy who just, just walks up to someone to start some shit, that's an asshole. But if you're, if someone starts shit with you, and you punch their lights out, you have every fucking right to do that because you are fighting back. Oh, yeah, and especially when it happens yeah. over and over and over. And one, of the re- and one of the reasons why police brutality in particular is so fucked up is the power dynamic of that because the police, there's literally a rule that you cannot fight back against a cop. So if the cops start shoving you around, you are not supposed to throw elbows you're not you are supposed to say yes sir yes sir and not resist and if they start doing something that you know is going to kill you that doesn't mean that the don't fight back at the cops that rule is still there and so that's you know that's why mm-hmm. police brutality is so is such bullshit because there's nothing that you can do to a cop that literally threatens the cop Especially these days. They're wearing fucking head-to-toe bulletproof shit. They've got a helmet on. They've got a riot shield. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you scared of me? I'm a five-foot-six woman who's never thrown a punch in her oh, life. Oh, that reminds me. Did you see on the news there's some asshole mm-hmm. cop here in San Jose? You know, he's like, you know, some short, shrimpy uh-huh. little Asian guy. You know, total fucking dick. And he got removed from active duty because he was taunting protesters a couple weeks ago and the video of him is this fucking short little fucking asshole (laughs) with his big stupid gun because you know he has a five inch little chinese dick (laughs) right okay and he's literally with his gun in his riot gear 
rocking back and forth. And he's saying, come on, motherfucker, I'm going to get you, bitch. Come on, motherfucker. Oh, my God, I have not Rocking seen that back one. and forth with his fucking gun. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're going to have to And this fucking that. asshole got taken off active duty on the police force here because it's on fucking well, video. Well, he, be- he better not get a paycheck, but that's probably, that's that's next. But that is a typical goddamn yeah. cop. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's more so now than ever because the because it's like the cop have you know the cops have been more militarized than they used to be because now they have the fucking equipment. Oh yeah. They used to just be at, just assholes in general. You know, they had a gun and a holster, but they were wearing like polyester slacks and a button-up shirt and a hat. You know, now they're wearing fucking riot gear when they come at you. You know, I don't know. But really, like, I mean, because if you think about the cops that were. Even the cops that were in uniform and knew they were going to go start some shit at the Stonewall, they were just wearing a little cop outfit. They weren't they weren't yeah, dressed yeah. like you see cops now, you know. And so they were really pumped up trying to be big men at that moment. And, you know, they had the misfortune of, the, of, of walking in and going, hey, police, we're going to take the place. And all of a sudden they're surrounded by all these fed up people who are just sick of being attacked. And in that moment, like eight fag bashing cops were up against a wave of pissed off humanity. And those cops didn't stand a fucking chance. There was no fucking way. And I'm just going to say that it wasn't just fighting and throwing shit. I want to make sure people understand that these people in the bar and outside the bar managed to continue being fabulous even in the middle of a fucking riot oh, yeah. <laughs> because people were reading those cops they were mocking them they were doing a motherfucking kick line like the rockettes they were making up little songs <laughs> and and doing like rocket kicks in the street just to fucking piss the cops off. I mean, how fucking amazing is that? And then the next night, because of course the word got out, anyone who wasn't there found out about it the next morning. And the next night people swarmed again. And oh my God, that was, you know, people were, they spent the whole day getting more and more pissed off. And I you know, I could go on forever. This story is huge and there's so much amazing shit. And I, you know, it's like, there's no way I could tell it all. So I'm really just telling you guys right now, the kids out there, you just have to trust me. You want to know this story. You, you have no idea how amazing this is until you start diving into it. And before, before I wrap it up, because I'm, you know, I basically just said I'm not going to tell you anymore. But I want to mention some names yeah, yeah. of of some fabulous women because there's certain major players in this story, and I want to make sure that I don't tell the story without talking about them. And and the first two I'm going to mention have you may have heard their names because in more recent years the movement has really pushed them to the forefront because they weren't being honored at the level that they should be. Well, and then there was a recent Stonewall movie, too. True, true. You know, which is really, really interesting. I I saw somewhere, and I I need to double-check how old this article was. Somewhere, if it's not, if the statues aren't standing yet, 
they will be because I'm not sure if they've already if they already exist, but there are statues or there will be of Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson. Which is fucking amazing. Now, is Sylvia dead? Oh, they're all dead. Yeah. And I remember, like, re- seeing interviews with her, and the poor thing was not in good shape. You know? Well, no, because, I mean, imagine, you know, because we're talking about, like, well, Sylvia and Marsha in particular, they were, they were what was known as street queens. Yeah. It's like they yeah. were, they were women of color. They were street queens, which basically, there's like a drag queen that is in drag in a club, but then there's language was in flux back then, just like it's in flux now. And those women did not call themselves trans women. Yeah. And then basically they had to cups, they had to suck cops dicks for money in order to Oh my God. I mean, yeah, there was, you know... They lived an incredibly rough life, but they never, they never stopped fighting. They were, you know, every single day mm-hmm. was another opportunity to try to make things better for everybody. So, like, street queens, you know, it's like you're like a drag queen on the street. You know, you are walking up and down the street every day, living as a woman, but in those days, you didn't call yourself transsexual, transgender, you know, whatever word would have been at the time. And these these two women in particular played like an enormous role in the Stonewall Uprising. And so they're definitely two people everybody needs to know. But there's one other name that I had never seen before. And I don't know how, but as soon as I was like, that's, you know, oh, I've never heard of her. Let me go look. And now I'm totally obsessed with Stormy DeLarvery. Stormy DeLarvery was a mixed race. Her mother was black, her father was white. Butch lesbian, who during the riots, she was handcuffed, but she would not stop fighting despite the fact that she was in handcuffs to the point where she she was getting beaten over the head with a baton for complaining that her handcuffs were too tight. And even though she had blood coming out of her head and had handcuffs on, she was not going to stop kicking their asses. I mean, my God. Just imagine, like, the butchest lesbian you've ever seen. (laughs) You know? And she was someone who had this whole amazing life where she she was a performer, she was a singer, she was sort of like a fashion icon because... You know, in terms of, like, androgynous women wearing, like, men's clothes, wearing, like, suits. Oh, my God, the more you see about her. I mean, even, like, you just look up, you just look at pictures of her and you're like, oh, my God, she's amazing. And she lived until 2014. And I never even heard of her until this year. And she had this amazing fucking life. And the more you learn about her, the more you'll love her. And that's Stormy, S-T-O-R-M-E. Delarvery. Glamorous Fabulous. Now, did you ever see th- th- this documentary called Screaming Queens? Oh, God. I feel like I must have, but which I don't, and I don't it, know. It is about, so Stonewall happened in 69. Yeah, right? it happened almost exactly a month before I was born. Yeah, and that pretty much put 
you know, the homosexuals on it was big <laughs> news. Radar, it was right. a big enough riot that it actually yeah. made like more national kind of news. But in '66 in California, there was a big riot because, of course, you know the shit-eating goddamn police mm-hmm. harassing people, and they would harass you know all the drag queens right. and all the trannies that were down in the Tenderloin, and there was, like, a restaurant that everybody, you know, that they used to hang out with. Oh, yeah, there was, like, a coffee shop or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the cops would harass people, but then the, the cops probably tried to try to go in and arrest people, and there was a riot there that involved all the windows of this diner being busted out, oh. and the cops getting their fucking asses kicked by a bunch of drag queens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because they got sick of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, just because they're they're Nellie and dressed as women, you that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're not gonna fucking kick you in the nuts. I mean, yeah, they, I mean they're tougher. Like, they are way tougher than any of us could ever oh, be because yeah. they have to be. You know, and I remember like Steve telling me about you know in the seventies, like you know, finally getting fed up with all the goddamn cops and all the queers going down to City Hall and burning cop cars and bashing out the windows of City Hall in San Francisco. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, in fact, I think we talked about that in one of our... Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. it was it was last year's Pride episode, yeah. so everyone should go back and look and look for that one. But, oh, yeah. And remember the Watts riots in L.A.? Yeah. All because of goddamn cops beating up blacks? Yeah. All they, all they had to do is, all the cops had to do is not be assholes, and people wouldn't have to fight back <laughs> so hard. But yeah. I like what's happening now. It's like, you know, my mom is so confused about what's going on, and she's like, oh, they want to defund the police department. It's just going to be lawlessness. And it's like, no, nobody is saying that. It's just saying that the culture of police and cops has always been fucked up and toxic. Oh, yeah. And it needs to fucking change. Well, yeah. They're not defunding the police departments to have no law and order. They're defunding the police departments to have interim reasonable people come in and take over while it's restructured. Right, and mom and, doesn't understand that. I, well, I think I think part of that is that the defund the police. It may not be. If if you have to if you have to spend multiple paragraphs explaining what your slogan means, maybe your slogan could have been a little better. Again, I understand that because I you know, I get I totally understand why the initial because reaction of course is with the reactionary thing oh they're going to defund the police they want no police that's not what it is right it basically comes down to the the job of what what the police currently do is a whole bunch of shit that shouldn't be their business. Yeah. And I like that there's discussion about mental illness, mm-hmm. addiction, all this stuff. Keep the cops the fuck out of it. Yeah, the cops have no business you know? trying to deal with a mentally ill person who's just having a bit of a breakdown that day. And someone calls the cops because they don't know what to do. And it's like, yeah, well, the cop doesn't... They don't know what to do either. Like they, they don't and have I training. think the cops should stay away from prostitution and sex, too. Well, there's that. There's, Prostitutes you know, and all that stuff, stay the fuck away, cops. I think, and you I know think, what? It would make it safer for yeah. the sex workers, because having the cops stay the fuck away, there'd be no need for abusive pimps. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Well, and that's, I think, once, if, like, if what... 
if what Minneapolis is starting to do, if a lot of these things work, where they basically take the police department apart into its basic sections and change whose job it is to do what and make mm-hmm. each part actually effective by making it what it should have been to begin with. Once that happens, I think a lot of you know arrests will go down, jailing people will go down, and I think the general attitude, it may take a couple generations, but I think the general yeah. attitude towards what what is criminal behavior and what is dangerous and and what, you know, are you really scared that there's a hooker on the corner? Are they bothering you? You know, it's like, no, are they endangering your children in any way? Probably not, you know. But cops love downtrodden blacks and they love hookers and they love gays. Because because they know they can fuck with them. They can fuck with them and pretend like, you know, they're macho and they, they, you know, they can pretend like... You know, they're not thinking about Justin Bieber when they're fucking their wives. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much <laughs> pent-up rage in some of these cops, and they take it out on anyone who isn't a straight white male. And it's like, yeah. uh, those cops have some issues, and maybe the cops are the problem and not the people in fact, I'm up. looking up, saying. I'm looking up that asshole cop. So you can, so everybody can go and mock this son of a bitch with his back and forth with his goddamn riot gear. And what is he, three feet tall? <laughs> I'm not saying Let's anything. <laughs> Jared Yoon. This asshole's name is Jared Yoon. Like Y U E N. A Y U E N. Jared? Jared Yoon. Oh, with a name like Jared, he was he was born to be fucked up. Yeah, but he's, oh my god, you need to see the video, though. He's, he's like a video game character with his big gun, like... Oh god. Like the gun's as big as he is. <laughs> and calling, you know, this this poor woman, bitch, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, well, that'll be entertaining. Everyone, everyone, hit pause, go look for that, and then come back. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Please. This installment of Woo, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I know I've done a reading before, and uh, it was not my intention to do necessarily a reading again, but given, you know, the nature of this episode, and it's a little more serious than some of our stuff, or a lot more serious, actually, than most of our stuff, but I decided to do just a really quick three-card reading to answer the question, what can everybody do in regards to what is going on in our country right now? And I'm not referring to COVID-19. I'm referring to, or maybe I'm referring to COVID-19. I guess this could be interpreted with that as well, but I was specifically referring to the protesting going on. So anyway, here we go. I'm going to try to make this brief because anybody that knows me and any card reader knows You can talk for an hour with three tarot cards, but I'm not going to do that. Anyway, so to answer the question, what can we all do right now 
with regards to what is going on in the world. So the three cards that I drew were the Knight of Wands upright, the Nine of Wands reversed, and the Empress reversed. And it doesn't matter if you don't know what that is, because I'm going to explain it very, very quickly, and hopefully it will make y'all think. Knight of Wands is an indication of enthusiasm and passion and going forward, and, you know, you got your eyes on the prize, and you're really like, oh, I'm going to do this, and uh, we can all kind of see that right now and I think you know most people can't help but at least be somewhat outraged by what is going on right now and um, on so many levels so yeah so take that energy and let that energy feed you to take whatever action you need whether it be an internal action or you want to go out and protest or you want to write a letter or maybe you just want to think and change your thinking and educate yourself a little bit and that really ties in well with the nine of wands reversed the nine of wands upright is there's a period of struggle and competition and kind of just very difficult burdensome things but when it's upright it's like oh the end is near it's you know it's going away just one more it's like the last hurdle but this is reversed a lot of people think oh yeah this guy that you know murdered George Floyd in the street is you know in jail and okay so I don't have to worry about it anymore and I don't know why these protesters are through protesting no it's reversed it is not over the struggle is just begun and it needs to continue so because there was some sort of victory don't let it be over and I've seen that in the gay community too and I'm bringing this up because you know gay pride hello and it is our pride episode I noticed a lot of complacency in the mid and late 90s um you know oh you know gay people are more accepted and we got gay marriage I mean not in the 90s but you know now we got gay marriage AIDS isn't the death sentence that it used to so we can just relax and just know that everybody loves and accepts gay people no that's not true and that complacency is harmful and it will be with George Floyd and the George Floyd issue. And it will be with the gay issue. So the struggle's not over. The Empress reversed as a final card and a final thought. The Empress is very nurturing and mothering. In my particular deck, it's Demeter. She's the Earth Mother. Lots and lots and lots of nuances of this card, but I'm just going with the real basic thing right now. My interpretation of having the Empress reversed is to suggest that you look outside of your domestic bubble. Look outside your general sphere of experience educate yourself to what is really 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 going on the downside of the empress card is she could be very very rigid very controlling very domineering very stubborn and i think this is a message for everybody to have an open mind don't be domineering in your thinking don't be rigid in your thinking have an open mind look at the big picture educate yourself don't be one of those people that are like i don't know why those people are still protesting 
Or I don't know why those gays just don't shut up. They got what they want. Um, though we gays have not gotten what we wanted because we experience discrimination every day still. Maybe not me, but somebody out there is being called a faggot right now in this great country of ours. Black Lives Matter. Yes, the protests have done some good. It's raising consciousness. It ain't over. It's just the beginning. If you think it's over, educate yourself a little bit. Read. Think. And if you choose to do so, be active in some way. Just some food for thought and happy pride and happy protesting. Anyway, so speaking of pride, yes. the fabulous Steve sent me some books. Because, you know, he... He loves his gay history. And, oh, totally. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff, but Steve, well, because he lived it, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he, he was alive for most of this shit. Yeah. And he, there, were stuff, there was stuff that he was actually there for, and then there were things that he wasn't there for. You know, so but he maybe said, he knew Yeah, people. well, and he lived in the Bay Area, and he was very political Yeah. in the 60s and 70s. So if there was like you know, a riot or a protest or some crazy-ass shit that went down in the 70s in San Francisco, he was there. And if he wasn't there, he had a damn good reason. You know, and there was a (laughs) lot of... God, I was there for some of it in the 80s, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I remember an act-up riot in the 80s when the Fred Phelps people came. And it was (gasps) not... It was not Phelps. No, no, of course not. I mean, if he was there, I didn't see him. But there were people there, and I remember people started throwing rocks and stuff at them, and you know what the cops did? They backed away, and they let it be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. See, I left California right before a lot of the act-up shit really was taking off. Yeah. Because I left in, you know, in 84. Yeah. And... So I kind of, you know, I was in a small town in Texas and all of a sudden like shit was going on in the world and I wasn't there because we didn't have the internet. So I didn't even know what was happening half the time. Not until after you know, I got but that was school. more about, I mean, it was, I mean, somewhat about gay rights, but it was more about AIDS than it was about. But AIDS back by kind then, of took over the narrative a little bit. But back then they were totally synonymous at the but time. You know, you know it really... The the way the government is currently handling a pandemic, let's talk about, <laughs> you know, you want to talk about the government dropping the ball on a pandemic because it doesn't really care about the people who are dying? Oh, totally. And you know that piece of shit. <laughs> oh, let's yeah. just let them die by the millions. Who cares? And you know that piece of shit, Ronald Reagan. Oh, he did would not even say the word AIDS. Mm-mm. And he was a fucking actor, and he and his wife were both actors, and they fucking knew all the Hollywood queers, and Nancy wouldn't even do anything to help her supposed friend, Rock Hudson. And I remember back... That fucking When he was governor here, there was... At the time, he was, like, rabidly anti-hippie. Of course. But... Of course. It was really, really interesting, and this had to have been from from his background. I don't want to say he was pro-gay, but he was pro-gay rights, or he was really? at least anti-discriminatory. 
like there's no point there's no point in in discriminating against those people yeah so it was really interesting interesting though but he was you know sucking the republican cock so he oh, had to sure. like ignore aids you know oh yeah there was no way it would have been political suicide for him to actually give a shit you know but there was a lot of anger there and i remember taking part of that but anyway we digress because <laughs> yes. that's a whole different topic but yeah so you know in the 60s and 70s all of the rioting and stuff and there was a lot of upheaval in san francisco sure. and it was largely about goddamn cops but it was just about legislation mostly you know and well, just yeah, like a I mean, systematic harassment of right gays, decriminalizing you know. being gay you know a lot just allowing heaven forbid we allow people to yeah be but what gay. i didn't know and this is interesting i mean i guess there'd always been like that element in san francisco you know well, there's a lot of sailors. But apparently, <laughs> which really made it a gay mecca, was the Vietnam War is what really, really made the Castro take off. And Steve, really? was, Steve was telling me that he knew a lot of people that had, you know, been discharged or whatever after serving in Vietnam. And they would go... Was it Point Reyes that was active at the time? I don't remember. I think it was Point Reyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And that's where they would dump them. Right. And they would see, like, oh, there's all this stuff going on here. And people would just stay in San Francisco because they didn't want to leave. And that's what really, really made Castro the gay thing was Vietnam. Well, and if you think about it, the age of the people... They were young people, and San Francisco was this whole scene of young people. So I could could see that. That All of a sudden it became a very youthful city. Yeah, and he was telling me that really what made the Castro, you know, the Castro, when people think of the heyday of the Castro with all the... The protesting and the sex and the party and all that. You know what I mean? What made the Castro, the Castro was people coming back from Vietnam and settling there, which is really interesting. But it makes sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because the timing of all of that makes sense. You know, because obviously, I mean, mean, it was like that before, but, like, it was in New York in any big city. Sure. But what really made it the Mecca was that. And I thought that was really, really, yeah. I thought that was really, really interesting. Oh, yeah. But people always think that it was... Oh, so liberal here. And we grew up here. You knew that it was never liberal in the Bay Area. Oh, God. It is now. I mean, you know, you have, because you have a lot of big universities and things, and that tends to skew liberal or whatever. Yeah. But you also, you have a lot of people crammed into a small space. Yeah. And if you have even the slightest dislike of a group of people, and then all of a sudden you're you're surrounded by them... I mean, my God, yeah. you know, people, people are kind of assholes in California. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, it's really, and everyone, I think everyone knows that Southern California is filled with ultra conservative assholes. Oh God. Yeah. And I mean, it's really liberal here now, but it really was not outside of the Castro before. Sure. And you know why it's so liberal here now? Mm-hmm. Because of... In the 70s, all the gays protesting 
against the cops, against the system, breaking windows, right. burning cop cars down, beating up the yeah. goddamn pigs. And, and amazingly, it had a cultural change on the city, which yep. means this shit works, people. Yep. You can actually make cha- cultural change happen. That's why we're doing this. And the thing is, you know, the gays did not <laughs> back down. Nope. Until things changed. Right. Because they knew it was their fucking lives on the line. If you actually have something to lose, you will fucking fight and not stop. You know, and that's why I think it's important for people to not back down right now. You Uh know, because my mom is saying, oh, well, you know, they arrested those George Floyd guys. So everybody needs to shut up and go home now. Not good enough. And it's like, no, no, no. You don't understand that this is like something that's been going on forever. Just like... The, the 70s. Day, at the here. second, the at the moment that George Floyd was dying, how many other people that we don't know about were dying? I mean, that's the whole point. It happens constantly, and we don't see it. Oh and yeah. The people and the pe- the bullshit people who say, "Well, you know, the cops killed my neighbor, and my neighbor's white." It's like, then why are you arguing with me about police brutality? It's like no one's saying that they don't kill white people. We're saying cops are being assholes and they need to stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not just about blacks. It's just that it happens more to them. But if you are if you want to pull the, well, white people get shot sometimes too. Yeah, and that's also wrong. It's like, what, what argument do you think you're trying to make? You're fucking wrong. Shut up. Yeah, but I would argue too, though, <laughs> if a white person gets killed by a cop... He's much more likely to have deserved it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You know what I mean? Yes. They probably were really being an asshole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yet, there else, but there's so much evidence of white people being the absolute fucking worst and somehow surviving being apprehended. (laughs) I know. I know. And it's just. You know, and that's the point. Yeah, but back to the homos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, but it's also it, it is so you know it's just so related you know. So what are what you still haven't said what the books are that Steve gave you? Oh, okay. So he sent me "Kiss My Gay Ass" Yay! by Tom Amiano, who I'd never even heard of before. Now, see that that still blows my mind because when when Penny told me that he told me about this this Mm-mm. book. And he goes, the guy's name is like Tom Amiano. And I was like, Tom Amiano! Because when I still lived out there, Tom Amiano was doing stand-up. I mean, he was always very politically active, but he was doing stand-up. And I used to listen to this radio show on The Quake in San Francisco. And this their morning show used to have comedians on. And Tom Amiano was one of those guys I used to hear on the radio. And I loved him because he was such a queen. And... It amazed me, but you didn't you didn't listen to that radio station the uh, way I did. So uh, so it, it's very and it's weird how you were out there so long and somehow his name never came up. But I instantly was like, "Oh shit, Tom Amiano read a book," and I immediately ordered it. I haven't gotten it yet, but it is on order, and yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, but he, and then he also sent me images of America, gay and lesbian, San Francisco. It's just a big picture book. Yeah, and it's big. Yeah, there's some text, but yeah, it's basically pictures, and it's 
oh. is really, really old stuff from the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. I There's there's something about, well, especially pictures that are older than that. Like, occasionally yeah. you'll get a picture from, like say, like the late 1800s of a gay couple. And you're like, the amount of effort it took to get a photograph made in the early days of photography and to think the existence of that photograph how fucking scandalous it would be. Like, you'll see oh, yeah. you know, a picture of, like, two women both wearing, like, men's suits and with their arms around each other, and you're like, how does that photograph even exist? That is so fucking beautiful. Like, those kind of pictures but just... But I also oh. think, I mean, it was definitely rarer, but there, I'm sure there were some people back then that really just didn't give a fuck. Well, and every once in a while... But it was also, they had to have money. Well, and they had so they could a, live and wouldn't lose their job. You know what I mean? But there was. But there's yeah. also like you know you would have like a, say like a resort or someone who had a nice house somewhere, and they would be, their house would basically almost be like a gay vacation spot. There uh, was someone someone died, and in their estate they found all of these old photographs of like men in drag all hanging out at this one house. Do you remember that? No, but how fabulous. Oh my God. And of course, these are not like men who were like drag performers. These were just everyday, you know, guys who, you know, swiped one of their mother's old dresses and bought a wig. (laughs) And I fucking love them. Oh my God. Some of them are a little tragic, (laughs) but that's the best. Of course. That's my fucking favorite. More more awesome. (laughs) You know, the guys who. You know, they were just like sort of weekend secret drag queens. So during the week, it's not like they could really do anything with their eyebrows because then someone would know. You know what I mean? So they really don't know how to put on makeup and they really don't. Oh, I love that. Masculine women and feminine men. Which is a rooster, which is a hen. It's time to tell them apart today and say why and so weird, like, what was it about back then? I mean, I'm talking like pre-70s. I'm talking like, yeah. you know, 50s, 60s, before any of this. But so it seems like, or maybe it was just the ones that would go to the secret clubs and stuff. They were all into drag and they were all drag queens. I think some of that was... It's uh, Was that the only way that they were... This The public psyche just made them express it in that way because of... The public culture. Well, like or I guess was you get there someone like a whole bunch of closet people that did have sex with one another that were not drag queens. But then, if that was happening, there would have been secret bars for that too. But then you you have someone like say Quentin Crisp who wasn't he didn't wasn't in drag really at all. But well, that's he, true. Yeah, but he was a guy who wanted to dye his hair you know, with henna and he wanted to, you know, wear a little face powder and some lipstick because he wanted to be pretty. Yeah. And Quentin Crisp, that's another person you people need to look up. Oh my God. But I think some of it was you're being so fucking butch every minute of your life. And maybe when no one's looking, you, you go a little farther than you might've gone normally. Maybe. Like I I think, I think it was just a way to be feminine maybe to kind of go away from masculinity to a point and i think that maybe they didn't know how else to do it mm-hmm. 
Because I could, I could see Maybe. like, like a guy can be totally wearing men's clothes now, but if he's Nelly, you can tell by his clothes that he's Nelly, even though they're all men's clothes. Like, I don't right, know. Right. But then again, to some extent, men's, you know, men's fashion is kind, has always been kind of a strict thing. Or for a long time, it was a very, a suit is a suit is a suit. And, and yeah. you don't, you're not allowed to wear anything else. So I think there maybe there wasn't any other way you could dress without looking like your father. Maybe. <clears throat> unless you dress like your mother. <laughs> or, you know, in the 50s, you could dress like a beatnik. Or, but would people you know could, you were gay? Sixties, you could be a hippie. But would you? Would you be signaling that you were gay? Well, like, well, it's kind of. I mean, someday we'll do a whole show about the cockettes. So maybe but, not. You know, you I know. think maybe when you're coming out of your cocoon and you're letting yourself be <clears throat> yourself for the first time in months, maybe you tend to go a little further. Maybe. Yeah, and I think with the cockettes, I mean, that was a perfect combination of... Of hippie and queer. Gays being visible for the first time. Hippies allowing people to be free for the first time. And what freedom... to Freedom to be yourself. And it was a perfect combination. Whether that yeah, meant being this... gay or just being straight and being cool with gay yeah. people. Or what, you know, just wanting to be fabulous. Like, why would you not want to be fabulous? Yeah, that was a perfect recipe for this wonderful, crazy... Commune. Gender fuck. Oh, yeah. And let's not forget about, you know, back then, the glories of acid. (laughs) You know. Uh... (laughs) The glories of acid, the glories of mushrooms. You know, let's not. (laughs) Clean and, you know, oh, God. Yeah, well, we didn't get to we didn't get to live through that. So, <laughs> oh no, but I mean that. So yeah, but it is sort of interesting. But it's interesting, like too, like if you look at all the pictures and stuff from the seventies oh in San Francisco, when you know when Castro was Castro, it's so weird because it the gay men went so hyper masculine with either leather yes. or their lumberjack. It was like. The boots, the jeans, the lumberjack shirts with the white t-shirt yep, underneath. And the hanky. And the mustaches and all that stuff that was so masculine. But when that, we look at it, it's the gayest It looks so faggy, it may as well have been drag. <laughs> exactly! Exactly! That And see, that's because... But if you were in the 50s, that wouldn't look gay to anyone. Because that would look like a tough guy. Yeah, you yeah. know, you get you get the guys like Marlon Brando and Paul Newman and James Dean who were like the tough guys, and then it's like, oh wait, they were all sucking each other off. Fantastic. I know because now, <laughs> and it's in, in our psyche now, to me, nothing says cocksucker more than a mustache. <laughs> well, yeah, a mustache without related facial hair, just a mustache <laughs> on its own. Oh my god. I mean, you, well, you know, it's been a while since I've used my, because I, like, for years, my my phrase was uh, gayer than a parade float, and then it became gayer than cum on a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't used either of those in a while. I just realized, like, I need to dust those off. <laughs> uh, Do you, you know. think the kids would be offended when I if I said oh, something God. like that? 
Come on, gayer than come on a mustache. Really, what is gayer than come on a mustache? Oh, I think that's fabulous, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's just, I don't know. I just think, like, the, the from all the stuff that happened in the 70s and the 80s with the gays, with us homosexuals, mm-hmm. to me, it's so indicative of what, is going on now because look at all the change that has been with the gays, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's because we did not shut the fuck up. Oh yeah. Oh my God. For years, we did not shut the fuck up. Yeah. Act up gay was pride. a nonstop movement. But even back then, like gay pride was a celebration, but it was fiercely political. Oh yeah. Where Especially is... in the eighties because it yeah. was like, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. And hooray for us, but also we're fucking dying, and you people need yeah. to pay attention to it. And Whereas they were never the going to let that go. In the two thousands, it was just let's get really drunk and suck each other's dicks in the bathroom at the bar, which is also fine because there's all yeah, which is fabulous, <laughs> right? It was very fun. <laughs> oh hell yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, and there was always that element too, which is great. Sure, of course. But it lost the edge. Yeah. Because it felt like there was progress made and there was. Oh, sure. You know, but I think that because we never shut the fuck up all through the 70s. Yeah. And there was all this stuff going on in San Francisco, you know, politically. And even there was like violent stuff going on then. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I think there needs to be violent riots and stuff to make things happen. I think the only way you can get enough people to pay attention is to set some shit on fire. I do yeah, believe that. Yeah, and I know, and I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole, because I'm not educated in this, but, you know, people always credit, like, you know, the nonviolent thing with Martin Luther King and the nonviolent thing with Gandhi and blah, blah, blah. That progress would not have been made if there wasn't things contemporaneously going on with those movements that oh, yeah. involved violence. And, I, and I, I don't know much about Gandhi, but one thing I do know about Martin Luther King is because white people write the history, the Martin Luther King that the sort of pop culture Martin Luther King that becomes, you know, like an internet meme and like a plaque hanging on the yeah. wall is all the touchy-feely nice stuff. Martin Luther King was not above... He was like, yeah, ideally, nobody should get hurt. Yes. But sometimes you gotta break it down for a motherfucker and you got Sometimes you have kind of like if someone's hysterical and you have to slap them for just a second to get them to stop freaking out so they'll pay attention to you. Or you swat a kid on their diaper to make them turn around and look at you so you can tell them to shut up. Uh, Extrapolate that. Sometimes someone just has to get smacked. It's a weird thing. Yeah. It's a weird thing, but I don't believe that civil rights would have happened without... Fighting back. Without the violence and the riots yeah. that came as part of it. And there is a certain amount of, sit, you know, sitting at a lunch counter. Like, uh, like okay, there's 20 seats at that lunch counter. 20 of us need to show up and we all need to sit down at the same time. Yeah. And that is, you know, ideally it's nonviolent until it might become violent. And you have to be prepared for the possibility that it might become violent. But 
if nonviolence for nonviolence sake ends up going into the realm of the love and light that we yeah. have talked about, that's all hippy dippy rich white lady Chardonnay drinking bullshit and doesn't even acknowledge that shit is bad. Yeah. And let's look at like when Harvey Milk was killed. Oh my God. The uh, reaction to that was burning cop cars, fuck yeah. shattered windows at city hall, mm-hmm. buildings being destroyed. Yep. Because if that did not happen, it would have been, oh, some faggot got killed and the faggots are upset, but yeah. it'll, they'll calm down. It doesn't right. matter. We're not going to do anything. And, you know, it does make me wonder, because when Harvey Milk was killed, it was both him and the mayor. That the guy yeah. that guy shot the mayor, too, the same, in yeah. the same night. And if it hadn't also been the mayor... That would have been a very different thing. And I don't and we and even though we talked about this in our other Pride episode, that was the guy who got off on what became known as the Twinkie defense, where he Uh was hopped up on sugar and couldn't help what he was doing. Now imagine if the cop kneeling on George Floyd's neck imagine if he goes to court and he gets acquitted. Because he drank a Red Bull that morning and didn't know what he was oh, doing. Oh, God. I mean, that is how fucking stupid that was. And that's why the city completely erupted in violence. Oh, and, yeah. And you know what? And it made a difference. And the cops let it happen because the cops knew, you know what? These people are fucking justified right now. And we are going to let some shit happen because they are fucking right <laughs> and know, I'm not condoning the looting that's been going on. Oh well, that's a whole other thing. But that, yeah, that's a whole different thing. And that's most, and you know, yes, some looting happens because people are desperate and don't know what to do, and because you know they're just caught into the moment. But I swear to God, if I see one more white person who has no fucking business being down there, you know. Busting into an Apple store, you know, it's like, no, that oh, is I not know. part of it. That is just some, that is just some asshole. That's just some asshole you know, taking but, advantage of the fact that the cops are busy three blocks away right now and they're going to go steal some shit. Yeah, but you know, every time I see a cop car on fire, my heart warms up. <laughs> That's, that should, we should design Christmas cards. You know, it bothers me that stores are being looted and stuff. Local businesses are being yeah. looted and ruined. And that's fucking wrong. But that's not the protesters. Nope. People, people know. trying to steal shit from Walmart is not, has nothing no. to do with it. It just happens to be happening at the same time. And weirdly, isn't it weird how the white people are more upset about someone Someone broke a window at the Target. It's like I know. it's like, well, focus your anger in a more productive direction, won't you? I can't even imagine that being the thing I'd be mad about. <laughs> it's like, no. Like, you know, People and yes, they arrested what's his name? Darren Chauvin, is that his name? Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. They arrested him. Eventually, that doesn't mean it's over. But they, have, need... they arrested him because the video came out and because yeah. we weren't going to shut up until they did. And then they arrested the three other guys. You know what? One of those three other guys I learned a couple days ago, and people who follow us on Twitter know that I went off on this already. But um, 
oh, he was a brand new cop. He was like only four days on the job. And this guy, this Derek Chauvin guy, he, you know, he was like a, you know, he'd been on the, on the force for like 20, 25 years. And how does the new guy, it's like, he didn't know what to do. It's like a human being is murdering another human being in front of you. You fucking, at all he had to do was shove him. All he had to do was give him a good shove and he would have been off of his neck. For fuck's sake. Okay, you're fucking just as bad, if not worse, because you're, sit- you're sitting there watching someone kill someone else and you you don't know what to do? Oh, yeah. That's not a fucking... How dare you? That's... That is what is being fought against right now. It's we're not fought we're not fighting against reasonable people. We're fighting against horrible people who think that's okay. Or that there's a situation where that might be acceptable. Ugh. God damn it. Anyway, back to the homos. Is fine. <laughs> back to the homos. I think violence is fine. Sure. As long as you're as long as you're hitting back. It's like you know. I'm not I'm not going I'm not picking a fight with anybody but if someone comes at me they they better fear my wrath even though I have never thrown a punch in my life but I can pick up something heavy yep. I I you know I I cook with cast iron cookware you think I can't kill you with a skillet I can kill you with, I can kill you with a small <laughs> right? cast iron skillet I can hurl the lid of my cast iron Dutch oven. I can, I can hurl it like Xena's chakram, and I will take your fucking head off. <laughs> Didn't Xena do that once? Oh I yeah, Xena beat with the, the shit out of hand. she. She beat the shit out of someone with their frying pan, and she dented it. And then Gabrielle got pissed off at her because what are we going to cook in now? That's right, and I just and I remember Xena beating people up with fish too. <laughs> well, you know. That show, uh, anyway. quality entertainment, and everyone should go back and rewatch Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, Producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Okay. One more thing that was not originally planned. But god damn it. JK Rowling. Mm-hmm. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch. Now, I am not I am not going to I'm barely going to acknowledge what she actually said because she's just, okay, first let's talk about what a TERF is. 
turf is an interesting concept that I didn't even know these people existed until Twitter. It's a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. It's someone who's who thinks they're a better feminist than you are because... Th now, this is definitely man-hating. This is definitely people who hate men so fucking much that they don't like trans women because they think they're men. Oh, this, like that bitch Z Budapest that we talked about Z Budapest, a few exactly. episodes ago. Yes. Exactly. And, <laughs> and J.K. Rowling, um, she, I guess it was maybe a year or two ago, like something was going on in Britain. And what's interesting is that, God, there's way, the, the, the proportion of TERFs to decent people in Britain is much, there's much more of it there than here. And I don't know what it is culturally in Britain that, that kind of breeds these assholes. But she, there was someone, I don't know if it was in government, someone was, you know, being discriminatory against trans women. And it may, it may or may not have had something to do with all the bathroom bullshit, but cause they love to bring up the bathroom bullshit, which any reasonable person knows is the oh, dumbest possible Oh, God, I haven't argument. thought of that in here. I thought that was all long gone. <laughs> oh, she, jo Miss, Miss Joanne, Joanne is still upset about it, you know. She's oh very God. concerned. She is just more concerned and trying to protect women because women are not safe. Okay, whatever. So here's her bullshit. So the other day... She, so she has, she has displayed this bullshit before. And what's really fun with her is that this shit will come out of fucking nowhere. Like, no one is talking to you, Joanne. No one's talking to you. And you suddenly go, like, you know when, and I'll, I'll, it's some, you see it a lot with the potheads or whatever. Like, when someone is fucked up on something and they consider themselves to be really intellectual and they suddenly have a thought and they think they're the first person who's ever had a thought before. I and, know, yeah. <laughs> and, and just because they thought it, they're like, no, dude, listen, what if, you know, like, the, like whoever was the first person to say, what if the blue that you see isn't the blue that I see? Mm -hmm. Like that level of, listen how smart I am. So Joanne goes on Twitter and starts to talk like this three or four tweet long thing where she just starts going, so if sex doesn't exist, because she thinks that people have been arguing that the reason why turfy shit is stupid is because we're, we're saying that, that gender and sex don't even exist. She thinks that we're saying that. No one's ever said that. And didn't but, she, but didn't she start off this whole thing because something set her off because somebody was talking about menstruation? Well, okay, yeah. That's yes, that's, that's off, true. Right. That's true. And what she said was because some there was an article that referred to people who menstruate. Yeah. And she was and she did this really condescending, oh, you know, oh, are you talking about, oh, what's that word? Is it w w w w women? 
is it women who menstruate? And it's like, yeah, and that was such a fucking cunty thing to do. And it was like, it was like, bitch, this is a fight that you don't need to have right now. You could just shut up. That was such a cunty thing to do. That's true. Because, because once people said, look, come on, you know, and first of all, let's just pretend for a minute. Let's just pretend for a minute that trans men don't exist. Let's just for, just for a second. She's insisting that women menstruate. I was 11 when I started menstruating. My mother was nine. Were we women? I mean, as long as you're going to be a cunt about it, let's, let's just, you know, I was like, you're, you're wrong on every possible level, Joanne. So anyway, so yeah, so that kind of set her off. And then I guess, you know, she's sitting there drinking her Chardonnay and she suddenly thinks she just had this brilliant thought. So she goes to Twitter and starts typing about if sex isn't real, then you're saying whoever you are who didn't say anything, then you're saying that same sex couples aren't real. Because if you're saying there's no such thing as women, then lesbians can't be lesbians because they're because how can it be a woman who loves a woman if there's no such thing as oh, women? Right. Oh my she, god. That's where she <laughs> took it. And yeah. all of Twitter goes, I'm sorry, what? And what's amazing is like, I don't even follow this cunt. I don't have any interest in her at all. But every time she says something, the good people on Twitter go, oh my God, Joe Rowling's talking again. Oh, I know. And I read about it. And I remember the first time she started with this bullshit. I read about it and thinking, God, she's a bitch. But I didn't care because I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I'll never be a right. Harry Potter fan. I don't give a fuck about Harry Potter. Right. And and so but, and so you know, I'm aware of who she is. So, and I and I get know. that I get that it would be like if I was a fan of hers as an author, which I'm not. Um, like if I found out, like if I found out that Douglas Adams was secretly a Nazi. I think my heart would be kind of broken. Oh, absolutely. Because he had a major influence on me in many aspects of my life that are kind of hard to explain. But, like, he's very, like, I get very emotional about Douglas Adams, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, but I, but of course, at the same time, I also can't imagine feeling that way about her. But I'll I know get that, that she has dedicated fans, and she really does. Really she, has to be hard for them. Yeah, and yeah. But so so when she upset Twitter, that could have been it. But no, she decided to double down, and she wrote this big long screed that I had a really fun day um, because all these like you know. Hashtag I stand with JKR. Hashtag I stand with JK Rowling. I had a great day just blocking people, anyone who said anything in support of her. I blocked them right out. Like, I think I blocked about 100 people that morning. Because why not? I don't give a shit about anything else you have to say. Yeah. And it's my Twitter account, and I don't have to listen to you if I don't want to. And all these people are just like, 
oh my god, you're defending someone who could have shut up. And here's my here's the thing when she when she wrote this essay, they're all like, well, did you even read what she wrote? It's like I don't have to because apparently what most of that essay was about was about how she was abused and sexually assaulted and therefore you can't say mean things to me i was sexually assaulted therefore i want women to be safe it's like okay well that sounds nice but you're still being a cunt you're being oh, yeah, and such I read it, a cunt and it was just and the, the fact but the fact of the matter is that she started it off because she read something about menstruation she was like basically what she was saying oh didn't that used to be women right obviously she has it in her mind this hatred of people that don't have bleeding cunts to call themselves women right and because and if she was just like look i don't care i just made a comment look if you didn't have this fucking seething hatred yeah. and to you me would yeah. have just not spoken the, yes. but you had to you could not let it go by someone made a statement that made you feel a little icky in your tummy for a second and you had to tweet about it to 15 million people or however fucking many people follow her on Twitter. But I mean, really, I mean, they, I mean, she's really just, she's a conservative old bitch. I mean, whatever. But she's a conservative old it. bitch who <laughs> thinks she's liberal. She thinks that she wrote a series of books that's about acceptance and that's about all these liberal, anti-racist, anti-whatever. Okay, she, no, they're really not if you actually can read words and see what they mean. But like she, her whole, this whole thing about, but I was assaulted and I was raped and I was whatever. It's like, you know what? The rest of us somehow managed to go on with our lives and not be complete cunts. You know, how about and, trying you know, being a good may people? may not have happened too. Even if it did, I don't fucking yeah. care. That doesn't give her a yeah. pass. It doesn't give her a pass. Just like in the same way that if someone is gay, that doesn't mean I have to like them. Mm -hmm. Because as we've talked about, the worst person in the world, big old homo, but also the worst person in the world. Yes. It doesn't matter what parts he has and what parts he likes to play with irrelevant to the fact that he's the worst person in the world. We don't hate him because he's gay. We hate him because he's horrible. And much like J.K. Rowling, I don't care if she's a rape survivor. Good for her. She's still a horrible person. Oh, and, yeah. I, and, and going back for a second, for all the people who are heartbroken, it's like... I, I get it. Like I said, if it was Douglas Adams, I would lose my mind. But, you know, this woman who dreamed up a world that when you were a kid, you wanted to live in. Well, okay, that's that's cool. But you were a kid. And at, now that you're an adult, can you look back at it and go, you know what? That world was really kind of racist and weird and there's a lot of uh, problematic shit in that world. Like the fact that the goblins that run the banks, you know, they, I mean, it's really anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah. really, I mean, I could go on. And I'm but sure like, that was not conscious, but it was, it was subconscious. 
Oh, God. And it's, you know, and and there's, you know, the fact that all the characters that matter are white. You know, they're all like your standard, well, British means white, right? You know, it's like, and then if we are going to have a character that's not white, we're going to give her a a name like Cho Chang. Right. Which it's like, uh, why didn't you just call her Ching Chong, you fucking cunt? Yeah. It's like, what is wrong with you? It's like, and the fact that, you know, I mean, okay, I didn't read the books. I didn't read them, and I'm not going to. I enjoy the movies on a level that have nothing to do with how shitty a writer she is. I haven't even seen all of them. I've seen a couple of them. And I, you know, they're fun, and because they are interpreted through a director and a screenwriter they can get away with some of the stuff that she does that sucks. But even in the movies, the writing is so bad. Her original writing is so bad that a lot of, a lot of really bad writing gets into the movies too. And I'll just, you know, I mean, there is a certain problem whenever you're writing about a magical world that whenever there's a problem, it's like, Oh wait, I am a person who possesses a magic wand and I can say a magic word and solve all my problems. And granted, she has this really annoying tendency to have her characters not do that because apparently they forget their wizards a lot. But my favorite, you know, it's just oh god. So my my favorite my my favorite thing that that is horrible horrible writing and this happens all the time. I mean, almost every single book, the major plot thing Something is happening. It's up to Harry Potter. It's up to a child to save us all. And the way he's going to save us all comes down to apparently there's a thing that he's never heard of, but apparently everyone, because, you know, it's like, oh, I, you know, I bet that there's an item of some sort and it's located in a place and I don't know what it is, and I don't know where it is, but I, you know what, I'm just going to assume that it's here at Hogwarts, somewhere, and I don't, and even if I find it, I don't know why I would find it, or what, why it's going to solve my problem, but I bet it will. And then, while he's talking about this, this uh, problem that he's having, random character shows up and goes, why, it must be the diadem of ravenclaw of course (laughs) and then other random character goes you're right obviously it's the diadem of ravenclaw and meanwhile everyone's going what the fuck are you talking about and then it's oh well it's obviously a thing that's been missing for five thousand years but I bet it's in this building. Oh, I bet I could find it in 10 minutes if I just right, put my mind right. to it. Even though everyone, even though people have been looking for it forever and no one's ever found it, but I bet this child's going to find it. Oh, look, there it is. Problem solved. Book over. I mean, if you really think about it, every book is that. And, you know, oh, and then me, oh, ta-da, and then I'll, because it's magic, ta-da, the problem solved. And then meanwhile, Hermione is standing off to the side, fucking narrating, because all she is is there to, like, provide exposition and to occasionally remind Harry, like, but Harry, your father is dead. Yeah, I fucking know my father is dead, Hermione. Why do you think you have to tell me that? Just be, you know, I, I'm sorry. These, but... 
It's infuriating that people hold this up like it's great literature. But I feel sorry for the fans, though, who are disappointed, because I understand. Like, because I was very, very honestly upset when Anne Rice turned into a goddamn Christian. But didn't she change back? Oh, she did change back. Because Which she must have meant she was not have been very serious. Because I mean, yeah, she Lord, realized that everything happened? she claimed to believe was bullshit. Oh, my God. But I remember being really devastated by that. Because I was like, oh, my God, a part of my world is, like, shaken up. Because Anne Rice became a fucking Christian. Oh, my God. And, I mean, it's it's what's weird, though, was that she didn't, bec- like, she was such a Christian, but because she also enjoys making money, it's not like she demanded that people stop selling the books she wrote in the past with all the oh, games I know. in it. But it you was know, like, really oh weird. my God, how, because the, her books are just, anyway, yeah, it just like, I was really, really upset by that. Oh yeah. So I understand how. It would be traumatizing. The Potter fans must feel, because I'm, t- I, I guarantee you, hardcore Potter fans Right. are not going to deal with her transphobic horseshit. And part of the problem is that it kind of, the whole idea of separating the art from the artist, and yeah, you can do that, except if their bigotry really informs the magical yeah, world and they I, create. You know, I, you, I'd like to say that you can do that, but it, you, it's hard to do. You can't necessarily and so it's i mean if if i was to find out if i was to get well i'll just use douglas adams if i if if i found out douglas adams was a nazi and then i went back and reread all his books and i was like oh god damn it i should have been able to tell because look at all this nazi shit that's in here i mean it's not there but really you know it kind of you can go back in this thing that you loved if you look at it with a critical eye and now you're seeing things you didn't see before, I mean, for me, it's just, it's mostly just bad writing. I, I, you know, but if, if it's all of a sudden now the thing you like, you realize it's horrible. Like, well, kind of like the people who are like, oh, so now Star Trek is all politically correct. It's like, excuse me, have you ever seen Star Trek? Uh, Right. Oh my God. It's always been. It's like, if you never recognize. I mean, for the times it's. Right. But if like, you know, things like Star Wars, like, uh, like the Empire was always an allegory for the, for Nazism and whatever, or, you know, all these things that like, if, if you never noticed that the word stormtroopers was being used and that the people who worked for the Empire were literally wearing Nazi outfits, I mean, with the jodhpurs and everything, but you know, if, if you were just stupid enough to not notice that before, and then all of a sudden one day you're an actual neo-Nazi and you go, shit, I can't like Star Wars anymore. I mean, I guess that would be heartbreaking. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, so far I haven't had to experience that. So, but you know, it, but it doesn't change the fact, but you shouldn't give her a pass just because you, just because you grew up loving those books and I get it, but you know what? I go back and look at shit that I loved when I was a kid and I realized that, God, I had no fucking taste when I was a kid. And, you know, you go back and watch a movie you used to love and you realize it's terrible. You know, when you were a kid, you were a different person then. You're allowed to have happy memories of something, but you don't. 
But I, I, yeah. I have heard. Can you imagine? I, I, I saw a tweet that was about um, someone was going in. They wanted to get a tattoo. And this tattoo place in their city was, they were like, no, sorry, we're all booked up because all these people are coming in because they want us to cover up all their Harry Potter tattoos. Uh, Can you imagine? You know, it's like if you miss Harry Potter, get over it and read Mercedes Lackey. There's so she's much better, else fabulous. She's fabulous. It's pro-gay. It's pro-trans. And she's a good person. Read yeah, Mercedes she, Lackey. She's better fantasy than Harry Potter. And she's not a cunt like Marion Zimmer Bradley. Yes. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Have we yes. That? I don't know. Anyway. Read anyway. Mercedes Lackey. And, you know, because I want to make sure that the absolute last words in this episode are the are the most important thing I could possibly say. So I'm going to say, fuck J.K. Rowling, you fucking cunt. Yes. You fucking, fucking cunt. Die in a fire. Rotten hell. You're a bitch. And fuck you, cunt. And those pictures in the newspaper, you have too much makeup on. Oh, and can we talk about her hair, please? <laughs> what is with that hair? At your age? I was just like, I was like, she has the, ba- I swear her foundation is a quarter of an inch. Did you notice that? Well, you know, she is at least a thousand years old. She puts it on with the travel. <laughs> For listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Because of all the people in the 70s, that protested and fought, right? broke windows, kicked... Hang on a second. Hang on a second. You need to oh. stop doing this. Okay. You have Unless you really want to do oh, it yeah. to make a point, but you should do this then, because this doesn't sound good. <laughs> Joanne!